Houston Star of Hope Mission brings you a moment of hope. Could you spare a little hope today? Hi, this is Scott Arthur. During this podcast series, you hear a lot of moving stories from the clients at Star of Hope. But today we'll tell you a story of, well, moving at Star of Hope. We have some big plans for the next few months as Star of Hope moves into a new generation of care for Houston's homeless, like nothing else in America. The story starts with my boss, the president and CEO of the Star of Hope Mission, Mr. Hank Rush. So Hank, we've known each other for quite some time now. When, when did you first come to Star of Hope? Well, Scott, as you know, uh, you were here when I got here in September the 15th of 2008 was my first day at Star of Hope, which was the Monday following Hurricane Ike. Uh, entering our city and uh, devastating a whole lot of it and so that first month or so I was here was quite an exciting time where we were trying to get our facilities back open and power and water back to all the properties and get our clients back together and out of the George R. Brown and out, out back into Houston from other cities and and put it all back together and get it running again so that's how I started out it was quite a dramatic first month so. a baptism by fire for sure really wow let me back up just a little bit. What, what was your perception of Star of Hope before you actually joined the organization? Well, I actually had been involved with Star of Hope some back in my early career downtown when I worked for an oil and gas company downtown. And I was here in the, in the late 80s when the oil bust, the big oil bust, hit Houston. And uh, as you know, we lost, uh, I think, half a million jobs in our city back then. And we were probably, Houston was probably the fourth the size it is today. So that was quite impactful. And so many people lost jobs. Many families were fragmented. And, and there were many homeless women and children coming to the men's facilities around downtown of Salvation Army, Star of Hope, others that, that served in that area, in downtown area. So I was part of a committee way back in the early 80s, I guess. Um, no, so it would have been the early 90s, perhaps. Um, early 90s after this all came about and when we were trying to help figure out some of these problems, a corporate group and some clergy and some folks from around the city, city leaders. So I actually had been assigned a committee that was working on all that at that time, and so that was my first introduction to Star of Hope. And as it turns out, um, looking back many years later, that's when Star of Hope first opened its first family shelter and ended up at 419 Dowling and has served homeless women and children there since 1988 or 89, about 30 years now. So, um, yeah, so I have a little connection to it way back. But I've always thought of Star of Hope as a really incredible place. I know it's Christ-centered. It's focused on ministry and helping homeless people really find a faith in their lives and then be able to achieve successful living independently on their own again. So I've always been aware of that. That's great. That's great. So you've been watching it from the outside, and suddenly you're inside. And you've been inside now for, gosh, over a decade, and a, a lot has changed. Has Star of Hope just naturally changed with the times, or was there a more focused or concentrated effort to establish and execute a, a, a vision? Well, it all started. I got here in those early days, and we went through that transition from the hurricane, and then we started immediately after Hurricane Ike came through and we got our facilities back open. The women and family facilities, which there were two at the time, um, were overflowing with extra people coming, particularly the emergency side downtown at, on Dowling Street. And we were running 100, 150, 170 people a night sleeping on the floor on mats in an already full facility. Facility houses about 275 uh, on a daily basis, and that's women and children, single women and moms with mm. kids primarily. 
So all that was going on the first three or four or five months I was at Star of Hope, and our board started getting concerned about it, and I got concerned about it, and we're like, what do we do to take care of these people better? Uh, and it was a lot of the folks who had been disrupted, lower-income folks, particularly those bouncing in and out of poverty who who had lost their homes or lost their jobs or lost so, so much related to that whole time period of of uh, Houston's economy and the hurricane and so forth too. So the Great Recession also began that week. That was the week that Lehman Brothers went down mm. and Freddie Mac and Fannie, Fannie, uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae were um, taken over by the government the middle of that, that same week. And so the Great Recession was starting in that time period. So it was it was really something. So um, that's how the vision for a new Star of Hope started, particularly for the women and family side. And so in the next year we had a new board chair we got busy working with some community groups and inviting in uh, clergy and long-term donors and supporters and um, others that um, in our community for strategic planning sessions and did half a dozen of those and listened to all their input and their analysis of Star of Hope and strengths and weaknesses and things that, that we had done over many years prior. So we both learned a lot about Star of Hope through that, and that began some of our, the strategic planning that ended up leading to our current Vision 2020 that we're working on now. So tell us about that vision. So Vision 2020 is, in a nutshell, is, is our goal to end homelessness one life, one family at a time, helping each man, woman, and child whom we serve to find a new life and faith in Jesus Christ and then to achieve successful independent living where they are back in the community functioning on their own. So there are many components to that, and it is, uh, is prede- uh, the predecessors of that vision were the Vision 2012 and then Vision 2015, so we've been working the really eight of the last nine and nine plus years I've been here toward this vision that is taking us to some new ways to serve, particularly homeless families and single women in our city. And that new way is Star of Hope's Cornerstone Community. And that is something we are all so very excited about. Well, it's already on the map. We've got a footprint. It's right there at 288 and Reed Road. Who's going to be moving there and why? Tell us a little bit about this. So going back to, you know, nine years ago when we had the women and family services downtown with all the overflow, sleeping on the floors at night, that's only a 30-day facility. And then some of the folks would move over. These are women and uh, single women and moms with kids. Some would move over to our Ardmore property, which was longer-term facilities and services. And so uh, we are combining both of those properties, moving out of both of those facilities and putting all of our family services in one location on a campus a 48-acre campus that's down at Reed Road in 288, Texas 288, just south of the Astrodome area and NRG Stadium area. And there we'll provide not only the emergency immediate care needs, but also through a continuum of services, offer the various programs and educational opportunities that these women and their children need to progress toward this independent living that we've talked about in our vision. So this is truly a transformational campus. Right, and we found that if, you, if these families get settled at a short-term facility and they have to move to another one and they have to move to permanent housing in a whole other part of town, the family is disrupted multiple times. The kids end up changing schools over and over, and so that really is a setback to their progress. And so we thought, well, if we're going to redo any of this and relocate the downtown facility, which obviously was adequately uh, undersized, under capacity with all the overflow we've continued to have all these years down there, um, we thought we better just put this in a whole new place and so we interviewed a lot of the clients we did a lot of community research we did research on uh, things on the west coast where the gates foundation provides a lot of research-based um, 
uh, facilities work and uh, services for the homeless in that part of the country and all around the, uh, the United States to the Association of Gospel Rescue Missions, the AGRM, which is our national organization that we're part of. So we put all that together and said, you know, we just need to to relocate these folks. We interviewed about 100 of our clients at the time who were down at the Women and Family Shelter and said, well, what would you think about, instead of being downtown, being down in a near suburban location? And so they said, well, we don't really, the only reason we came downtown is because Star of Hope's here and you're the only ones that will take us on our emergency basis with the immediate needs we have. And so, but we really don't want to be downtown. We can't afford housing down here. The schools aren't great. And, um, you know, the jobs may be a little harder for us to find at our ability levels in some of these big downtown towers. And so um, so the clients wanted to move out of the downtown area too. So that's how we ended up in that little area there right below the Astrodome. And we've worked with Metro for a few years now to get new bus service put in to take our guests and residents living there on that campus to the Metro Light Rail Station, which is at the end of Fannin Street and goes takes them up through the medical center and midtown and downtown and provides lots of medical and job opportunities for them. And so that's how it all came about. That campus um, will house will have 600 beds. Will house 180 single women and 105 families in apartments, or for those family units. And so we're very excited about being able to put all of our family services together in one location. Wow, that's amazing, and and that's probably going to change a lot of the the thought processes of of what we do here now because we have three separate facilities. The men's center is going to stay downtown, is that correct? That's correct. All of our men's ministries are based downtown. They've been there 110 years. Uh, We're in a great location on a nice little campus a few blocks north of Minute Maid Park, so that will all remain downtown. It's great housing for those men once they commence our programs and for them to live as single individuals and and have a job and work and thrive and do well. But that's just not the case when it comes to moms and kids and particularly single women as well. So getting them into this more community-based environment is really kind of the, the way that we're going to go with, with well, that. You, you refer to it as a little property, but my gosh, it's 48 acres. It is life-changing, and, and it's got just about everything. Let me go back a little bit. When you started that vision, uh, did, did somebody write one big check? Uh, does the city have to do with this? I mean, who funded this? Well, the, it's, the vision has evolved, but Star of Hope is funded by the community. It is a community-based organization that's uh, Christ-centered. It's a ministry. Uh, our purpose is first to help folks find a new faith, a new life in Christ, and secondly, to be able to put their past behind them and, and uh, develop new job skills and employment skills and and become independent, thriving citizens in our community once again. So all that is funded by our community through foundations and businesses and many, many private individuals. Churches are involved at any given time. We have about 200 churches working with us here at Star of Hope. So it is a real community outreach effort. It's a community-based ministry that serves the poor and the needy in our community. And that's the thing I love about it. It's just neat to see our city come together and work together so well from so many different walks of life, from big companies downtown to little churches in the wards to, um, you know, to just organizations throughout our city who come together and work and volunteer and, and help in this way. That is so exciting. You know, and we are here at Star of Hope internally so excited about this because, uh, you know, it just changes things. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, that what we're doing down there is not rocket science. There's nothing that new about it because we've had this model at our men's center for many, many years where men come in on an emergency basis and work through various programs as they see 
the guys in the facility downtown who are ahead of them a step or two, a program or two, and they real, realize in conversations and interactions with these other folks that, hey, that's something I want to do. And so it's very positive. It's a very positive and encouraging environment as, as new people come in who are in crisis and they see somebody who's a month down the road or two or three months down the road and like a totally changed person and say, hey, I was just like you two months ago and look what I'm doing now and I'm involved in this and this and this and here's my goals and here's what I'm reaching for and working for. And so we'll be able to do that for the masses of these women and children. When you start dealing with moms and kids or families with kids, um, you got all the children's needs to take care of and it just gets a lot more complicated than just dealing with, say, a single man or a single woman at a time. So it's very exciting to us, and we're applying all that we've learned over all these years and revamping. Uh, we have the programs down at Cornerstone will be called, the main new program will be called New Pathways. And there, rather than having folks come in and in and out just on an emergency basis, when someone's admitted to the facility, they will be assigned a case manager day one, and they will have someone working with them from then on all the way through as they determine what their needs are and what their goals are going to be. And the clients set out their own goals. Here's where I want to be in three months or six months. And so they can take ownership of their path forward. And then that case manager will work with them with the curriculums that we have and the different options we have for courses and things that they can study and help them plan a path forward. It's kind of like going to college and having a, a college advisor assigned to you that works with you on your curriculum through that university. It's the same kind of idea. So it's sort of education-based, um, curriculum-based uh, methodology to it with a lot of great counseling and prayer support and an opportunity for ministry support for these folks along the way. Mm. That's why we say there's nothing quite like it in America because what you just described I don't think exactly exists anywhere. So it's going to be great. Okay, um, you're one of the original architects of Star of Hope's Cornerstone community. I mean, you were there when the first nail was driven through the first board. And you're the proud papa, you know, you're always pulling out pictures and saying, here we are now, and look at this, it's eight months in, that type of thing. All right, so proud papa, what is, in your opinion, the best thing about Star of Hope's Cornerstone community? You know, the best thing about it, I think, that's a great question, is I believe in this environment, this campus environment, that that, that will allow us from the day they walk in that place, in all the misery and, and um, difficulty and abuse and bad situations they've been in for them on day one to be able to begin working on their independence and they can do it all in that one place so they can move through their crisis needs their addictions uh, their desire for education and training and better job skills and employment and then into permanent housing and being able to live in that community where their kids are still taken care of and services are available from multiple community providers uh, they are starting on their independence on day one and i think that's the most unique thing uh, about that campus but they don't have to move all around town to find all the different pieces it's all going to be there in one place mm. when i started i said this was a moving story so and since i got you in the chair and i don't see you a lot anymore here's my moving question how are you going to move 600 people and and the staff are there logistics behind this or do we get a whole bunch of little moving vans and and carpools and boxes or what? the answer to that is very careful so <laughs> Um, and we're in the process of doing that now. Our office staff is moving at the end of May and will be uh, relocated to a, a new office facility on the West Loop where we'll serve our office functions from there. Um, our two facilities, our two campuses will move individually over about a week's time with a fully laid out plan um, 
fun thing that's going to be happening probably in early August is that volunteers, Starfield's volunteer network is, is nice and considerable in size, seven, 8,000 people volunteer with us each year. But we're going to have some special opportunities in July and August for volunteers to come and help prepare rooms and make up beds and put new sheets and new new blankets and new pillows and pillowcases and get towels on the walls hung on the on the towel hooks and getting all those rooms and um, and residences ready for all these new people to move into so when our residents pick up and staff move down there as well they'll come down on buses and we'll bring them in they'll already be pre uh, admitted we'll have their rooms assigned they'll know where they're going there's a big volunteer team that'll be down there to help take them to their rooms and introduce them and welcome them to Cornerstone Community. So we're very excited about that. We're also hiring some new employees that will fill in some of the new functions we'll have down there on the campus that we don't have now. And they'll be training all through the summer and getting ready to getting ready to open all this up and, and start serving day one. So big cafeteria, we can seat four or 500 people in there. The total capacity is about 700 mm. in the case of a disaster in that um, in that large cafeteria with backup power so so our clients have a place to stay they don't have to pick up move down to george r brown and be disrupted yet again so a lot of good um, things coming with this new campus. so can people see the progress now i mean you know we're, we're painting some great word pictures here but uh is there a place on our website that they can go absolutely the website is a place to go sohmission.org sohmission.org and if you look on the main landing page you'll see two or three tabs banners that you can click on and what you want to do is click on the cornerstone community tab and it'll take you right into all the content the history and the research and why we're doing this and and when it opens and the current videos there there are drone videos that are done by our our staff members and they're just amazing to watch the, the progress of this great campus and facility and so uh, you can click on the videos and watch a minute or two, three-minute video and see um, see how it's looking uh, week to week, month to month. And we plan a grand opening, too. Sometime, I'm thinking, what, around November? I think we're moving in late August, so we're th- we want to get settled a little bit. And so November the 9th, Thursday, November 9th, is currently the date set for our grand opening from 2 to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And so anyone who's interested, all of our prior donors, folks who've been involved in the, in the facility, partners involved and so forth, will be welcome that day to come and to, uh, to visit with us and learn more about Cornerstone. And anyone who wants to be part of history, because this is a new beginning for sure. Thank you so much for your time today, Hank. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, keep a soul full of joy and a heart filled with hope. A Moment of Hope is produced and presented by the Star of Hope Mission. Ending homelessness one life, one family at a time by providing services to more than 1,000 homeless men, women, and children each day in Houston. Could you spare a little hope today? For more information or to donate to the Star of Hope Mission, please visit sohmission.org.